Welcome to the Jacks Rangers Show, a New England Free Jacks fan podcast. And now, Rangers, here's your host, Phil Harris. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am broadcasting from beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire, here in the Granite Outpost. Welcome to episode 68. We are calling this one House of Cards. Your New England Free Jacks will be opening up the home campaign in 2023 here for MLR at Fort Quincy this weekend, March the 11th, against bitter rivals. The color scheme thieves of Washington, D.C. In this episode, we spoke with head of medical for the Free Jacks, Mike Bonapin. We also spoke with our D.C. correspondent, the curator of Rugby Morning, John Fitzy Fitzpatrick. And finally, Diamond Dave and myself previewed the D.C. versus your New England Free Jacks. Without further ado, without further ado, let's get right into the episode here. Hit that theme music, baby. Kick that MF and mule. Woo! Huzzah. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am Phil Harris, of course. I'm here with Diamond Dave McVeigh, and we've got a very, very special guest this time around. He is the head of medical of our New England Free Jacks. His name is Mike Bonapane. Mike, how the hell are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Uh, we really wanted to get you on here. Super excited to have this particular episode come out in the future here. Tell us where you're from. So uh, I grew up in the Boston area in Malden, Massachusetts, a little city, okay. a couple miles north of mm -hmm. uh, Boston proper. Mm -hmm. uh, what is your origin story with rugby? Are you always a rugby guy? No. Uh, so I played football, lacrosse, baseball growing up. Um, <clears throat> there would pop water practices. There'd be rugby uh, like old men rugby practice before. So you'd kind of aware of it, but never really uh, had any true exposure to it. Uh, and mm -hmm. then my senior year of high school uh, at Malden Catholic, uh, they started a team. Uh, okay. So I know. We'll throw the hat in the ring and uh, away we went. <laughs> um, cool. So I played, played in high school and then uh, I went to Roger Williams for a couple of years in Rhode Island. Okay. Um, yep. And then transferred to Canisius College in Buffalo, New York. Um, and then from there, uh, had an opportunity to go to Life University for grad school. Um, oh, okay. And so I, yeah. so I was a physio there with their men's program uh, back in the day, uh, 2012, 2011, 2012. Um, so that was, that was a nice little, uh, nice little upgrade for me. Mm -hmm. um, actually, funny, um, Blake Brad, Bradford, one of the coaches for Atlanta, he was one of my athletes when I was there. Okay, uh, very cool. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, and then uh, worked at Tufts University for a bit with their rugby program, um, and it was actually with the Free Jacks in 2019, kind of that first inaugural year. Yep. Um, worked a few matches, kind of actually in their first tryout at uh, Pine Banks. Covered that. Wow. Um, very cool. Yeah. So been been around for a little bit. So it's good to get onto the role last year as a full time head uh, right. head of medical, and you know away we go. That's awesome. So you've been there pretty much uh, from the beginning. That's very, very cool to hear. Uh, what is your role and responsibilities as the head of medical for the Free Jacks? What does that entail exactly? Uh, a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so pretty much uh, so that we have a, a small staff. Uh, it's myself, Adam, um, and then Ryan, who kind of shows up on game day. Um, essentially, we're in charge of taking care of the boys uh, on a day-to-day. -day. Um, so we're there from early in the morning doing 
uh, rehab and treatments for the guys that are injured or kind of need a tune up. Um, and then we're there throughout the day during skill sessions and lifts in case anyone gets uh, banged up. And then obviously we're there for uh, trainings and match day. Um, just they're ready to ready to go in case in case we're needed. And then on the other side of that, you no know, coordinating uh, external care from our, our doctors or right. anything else that needs to be done. So do the Free Jacks have partners specific? Is it Tufts Medical that uh, does all of the, the doctoring part of this equation? Yeah, so our, uh, our entire um, doctor group is from Tufts Medical Center, mm-hmm. uh, which actually, it's actually pretty um, pretty exciting. As I transitioned to, to the job with the Free Jacks, um, they, they had transitioned to Tufts Medical and our head uh, team physician, I worked with at Tufts University. So um, it was a pretty, nice. pretty easy transition there. Um, and then we have our weekly massages with the New England School of Therapeutics. Mm-hmm. And then um, Dr. Carson Mui comes in as our team Cairo weekly and before home matches to, to help the boys out as well. So, Gotcha. So with your position, is it the same as a physio or is it a little bit different? You have more responsibility? Uh, same. Okay. Um, just I get to deal with all the paperwork and admin stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Very good. Uh, since you became the head of medical, you know, as for a pro sports teams, you know, you talked about your education. Was there any professional background other than just the Free Jacks? Did you work with like intern with like the Patriots or anything like that? No. Um, so I, before working with the Free Jacks, I worked at Tufts University for mm-hmm. seven years. Oh, okay. um, and then before that, I worked at Boston College for two years with their football program. Oh, all right. Um, Very good. And then I said the, the, year, and then the year before that was with Life University. So, right. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, so give us like the rundown of the, the day, the game day preparation for yourself. I mean, obviously you're on the sidelines watching to see if anybody gets injured or anything like that, but are you taping guys up as well? What's the deal? Yeah. So a uh, normal match day, um, get to the, get to the field early, make sure, you know, if, if we have any, uh, spotlight matches going on at tournaments, make sure we're, um, covered staff wise and the fields are ready to roll. Uh, from there, head to the Mint probably about four hours before kickoff for the um, team uh, team meal. Okay. Um, just there in case anyone needs any any tune-ups or anything before the match. So we're there, kind of Adam and I are there, and then um, Carson shows up. Um, and so we're just kind of hanging out in case anyone needs anything. Um, usually, well, last year we had some uh, some great ping pong playoffs there. Um, <laughs> get the tunes going, kind of get nice. the vibe get the vibe sorted, um, yeah. ready for the game. And then as we get closer to kickoff, um, probably about an hour before the team meeting is when uh, the strapping windows happen. So that's when the boys start coming in to get uh, get all their taping done. And then mm-hmm. it's uh, from that point on, it's it's really a kind of a slow build to that four hour mark and then hit that one hour and we're, we're straight away. And then it just becomes, you know, hectic. Um, head to the field, get into the med shed, kind of do some final, final prep, um, go through the locker rooms, see if we need anything else. Um, and then, uh, and then we're out of the tunnel, ready to roll. Very good. How many tape rolls do you think you got on you at any given time? <laughs> oh man, too many, too many. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's actually shocking at the end of the year when you look back at the, uh, yeah. at how many cases of tape you've gone through. It's crazy. You yeah. buy stock in Molar or whatever <laughs> the preferred brand is. Like, I might as well be making a little on the dividend. Yeah, no. Last year, last year we had to bounce around a bit because there was a short uh, shortage of tape, so we had to bounce around through wow. a few. So, yeah, mm-hmm. this, the, these are the uh, the fun, the fun little tidbits you get to deal with being as the the head physio. Gotcha. Very cool. Um, 
what is your responsibility with doing like it, it so my understanding is very very limited with with what goes on in the inner workings of the free jacks my understanding is you know because there's not a lot of staff i'm guessing that this is not what takes place but are you guys responsible for like medical checks for free jacks players to like sign off on signing a player does that happen at all do you look at their medical history um so if if a player provides their their background and their medical history mm-hmm. um then yeah that'll they'll come across the desk and and we'll take a peek at it okay um but usually that's not too uh, not too often that 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 happens mm-hmm. but when it does it's, it's something we're ready for gotcha okay my final question here is strangest injury that you've ever seen throughout your entire career just Ooh. Anybody like cutting a backflip on the sidelines <laughs> right. for fun? And, like, yeah, not worst, but weirdest, right? Yeah, weirdest. Yeah. Yeah, um, so <laughs> at a previous employer, uh, sideline celebrations always get a bit a bit yes. wild. Um, yep. And so there was, a, there was a case of someone doing pull-ups uh, and then dislocating their shoulder. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was not great. They got clipped, the shoulder popped out, and away they went so yikes (laughs) what a way to go yeah Yeah. i mean yeah on a positive note i guess if you're celebrating or doing whatever that and then you just enter yourself (laughs) that is a real bummer for sure i appreciate your time that's all my questions i'm gonna let dave take over awesome uh mike great to have you here my first question is just getting to know you a little bit better what is something that we might be surprised to learn about you a hobby interest something that you've done travel anything like that uh fun fact way back when uh sixth grade or so uh i was a member an alternate for the junior olympic luge team oh that is an excellent fun fact yeah very cool how did you get into that uh my aunt worked for i think at that time was a bell atlantic phone company and they had some kind of like a summer tryout uh, yeah. So you had to go and, and navigate a course on a on a sled with rollerblade wheels and then if you you placed well enough you got invited to camp that's amazing. Uh, excellent fun fact. Um, thinking about club rugby, I'm a big club rugby guy. I talk about it all the time. Club rugby players don't usually have access to athletic trainers, maybe on match day, you know, just for the match, and that's if you're lucky. Um, so any tips for those weekend warriors who are out there, they take a beating and they have to manage their own recovery? Like what's what can those guys do? That's going to be the same thing I tell I tell our guys and all the athletes along the way. As boring, as meticulous as it is, recovery, recovery and mobility is the key to your longevity. Maybe not to the extremes that Tom Brady goes through, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, hit the foam roller every once in a while. Go through, go through a, a prolonged stretch session um, and just make sure you're ready, especially as, <laughs> especially as Father Time gets on against you. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Uh, I'm, I'll be playing a little bit this spring at 40, and I'm just like, every year, it's, oh, it gets a little harder. <laughs> seems like a little bit worse of an idea. Um, and when I got my uh, SNC certification, and I'm a terrible SNC coach, which is why I went to the class, because I was like, I know nothing. I need to know more. I was really surprised how much emphasis there was on rest and recovery in the SNC course. Like, it was yeah. just no, it makes, hugely important. It makes, a, it makes a world of difference. If you're not ready to attack that next challenge, then you're, you're already putting yourself at a disadvantage. And that, that adds up over the course of a season. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to someone starting out in your career field? Somebody who wants to end up where you are, you know, as a, in a position running medical for a professional team, um, get involved. Uh, don't be afraid. Uh, the more you do when you have someone that's mentoring you, uh, the better, the better you'll come out on the other end. 
Uh, and don't be afraid to ask why, because uh, uh, more often than not, that it makes that makes your whoever you're with kind of think and and you know grow with you. So uh, make sure you ask why. Yeah, that's great. Understanding what's going on, not just what to do. Not just doing. Do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the players I know are tough and do not like to admit they're hurt ever, even when they are obviously hurt. Um, at the same time, these guys are professionals and they need, they need to make sure they can keep playing. I imagine it's a tough balancing act and it requires a lot of trust in you as the medical guy. How do you build that trust with players over time? No, I, I, for me, I'm very straightforward. Um, new athlete and your first time you walk through the door, you want to make sure that that medical is a place you feel comfortable and not a place you feel that you come through, you're immediately on the bench and you're out. Um, mm -hmm. That's not that's not what we're here for. Um, we understand you have a job and a passion to play, and we just want to make sure that you can do that in a safe manner. Like if you have a little pain here and there, some blood, yeah, we'll fine, we'll strap you up and we'll get you in. But if there's something that's you know going to be significant, significantly detrimental to you um, or your performance on the field to put someone next to you at risk, we're gonna you know step in at that point. But uh, other than that, boys, we're we're strapping up and we're getting on. Uh, the answer is zero, Pat. <laughs> zero. zero you got right. quite a few uh, friends in the yeah, yeah there's, a lot. there's a lot yeah that's that's uh that's the group of my uh, other physio friends ah <laughs> uh, excellent yeah. excellent i like that you bring a posse this is the yeah. biggest posse anybody has brought <laughs> to the show for sure so congratulations you got a loyal following um when you run out during a match to check on a player mm -hmm. what are like the top three five things you have with you to know that you can respond to whatever's going on uh so big one is gonna <laughs> is gonna be uh some vaseline in case someone gets a you know, gap a gap over their eyebrow and just kind of smear that in and stop the bleeding real quick um some form of tape to do quick strapping whether it's like the uh, some electrical tape some stretchy tape and probably some uh some luco tape um, those are kind of three gauze gauze pads gloves uh and then Probably some uh, some hot shots for those cramps that happen. That's probably the top five there. Excellent. Um, you got a chance. You travel with the team. Yep. Every every, one of them. every away match, right? Yep. Um, you got a chance to check out Snapdragon this past week. You're the first person we talked to. We've talked up the trip a lot. Did it live up to all the hype we and the league have put into it? It's not. Yeah, it's a nice stadium. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, for for an MLR team to be competing on that kind of ground i mean it's nice but again it's a lot of stadiums a lot a lot of stadium a lot of empty seats yeah uh, i love that answer mike that is the exact answer good. i was hoping for you know what i'm saying yeah. like oh it's nice and fancy but if you can't fill it who gives a shit that's what i was yeah no there's That's nothing right. nothing like a five thousand strong crowd at the at fort quincy get them yeah, up we'll be we'll be louder <laughs> in nine days oh definitely uh looking forward my, to it yeah go ahead i was saying my, well, part of my one of my favorite things about match day at home is, is I work on the far sideline near the crowd and just listening to the absolute beaking and chirping the entire match is absolutely electric. Um, and yeah. even like the physios on the sideline are like, bro, what's going on? I'm like New England. Yeah. Get used to good. it is what it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring my buddy Wes by. He always has a good time and he is, a, he is, he is one for the chirp for That's sure. Great. 
keep it so coming. I'll, I'll introduce you to him because you've probably heard him a time or two. He's a, <laughs> uh, he's a, he's a football coach and he's a very good football coach, but when you're coaching, you can't be chirping or at least yeah. not much. <laughs> and so he loves coming to rugby cause he can let, you know, let the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> let the dogs loose, say whatever comes let to the mind. Out. You'll love yeah, it. It's, You'll love it's to a see lot it. of, it's a lot of fun. Um, my final question, <clears throat> you might have heard this one already. Zombie apocalypse, total societal collapse. Yeah. What is your weapon of choice? What are you gonna what are you gonna do to get through? Now, gee, is this uh a firearm firearm and a side or what are we going? Just one. Yeah, you done? can do fire yeah, you can do firearm okay. and a side. That's good. Yeah, I, th- I think we're gonna go hatchet and a and a hatchet and a compound bow. Yeah. Okay. Excellent like answer. It's a good one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think Hintzy, he he Similar. also I think said compound bow. He's like they get you know yes. he's like you you wouldn't believe how strong they oh, yeah. are and you can recover your ammunition, which <laughs> I hadn't even thought about. Yep. But I mean that's important. No, that was that was part of my um, my survival package for the uh, the 2020 COVID stay at home. I built a uh, an archery stall and, a, and an axe throwing wall in my backyard to entertain Excellent. me. So it's great. Excellent. You're in good shape. <laughs> Well, that's it for me. I love all of the uh, entourage yeah, who awesome. are here. No, awesome. no swords. We're getting we're getting all sorts of chatter, talking about sword collections. <laughs> Fist, Smith, and Wesson. It is excellent. Thank you for your time. And Phil might have a few more things. This has been a lot of fun. Well, thank appreciate it. Yeah, Bozo's in the chat. He's asking how long have you been following the show. So probably since last year. Okay. Um, yeah. A lot of people yeah, came on board at that time for sure. Yeah, we appreciate all of our uh, loyal listeners that are going to be listening to this on the podcast version for sure. Um, my uh, just, I just wanted to open the floor up to you, uh, Mike. Any message to the the Rangers out there that you're going to be seeing on March the 11th? Well, like I said, uh, there's big fancy stadiums are great and it's all all fun and games, but uh, there's a certain sp- something special about the fort and the beaking and the chirping and making it just a little bit nasty for the uh for the opposing team um it's it's true to to what it is to be a new england boston kind of just give them give them the grit let them know uh and it's it really fires up the boys and the staff and we we'd love being there on on match day so keep it coming fill the forward boys hell yeah love that with that being said i'm gonna say one word in three two one huzzah, huzzah. Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm joined with a good friend of the show here. He is Rugby Mornings, John Fitzpatrick. John, how the hell are you? Phil, I'm doing great, man. How you been? Not too bad, man. How you been? I mean, look, old glory right now is 1-0, so I'm happy, right? Yeah. What can I be, what can I be upset about? <laughs> exactly. As of the recording of this, uh, D.C. still currently undefeated. They got a game against New York coming up this weekend. And then, of course, the big one uh, against the Free Jacks. Free Jacks are you know, going to have this bye week uh, preparing for D.C. I'm sure they'll all be watching that game very closely oh, yeah. against New York. Um, so, very, very excited to have you back on here. You are our DC correspondent. I appreciate you continuing to help with the uh, the show. The the uh, the contributions that you make is very, very great, and I appreciate that. But I wanted to talk really quickly about your new uh, DC fan show. Tell us about yeah. that and promote it a little bit. Yeah, man, appreciate it. Um, that's what I always like about you, Phil. You always let other people come on and talk a little bit about themselves, which is great. Before you, oh, yeah. you dog them for the teams they cheer for, but that's fine. <laughs> you got to just that give and take. Yeah, we we set it up fun. a little bit before we pull the yeah. trap door. You know, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that guy is so nice. And then bang. Um, yeah. So, so thank you. Glorious Rugby um, is a podcast, is a, is a fan-centric podcast. And I co-host it along with um, Alistair Kirschpool, who writes for Glorious Rugby. And um, he's a big, he's a big Old Glory DC fan. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been writing on his blog for the last couple of years and like through Twitter, through rugby Twitter, you know, we were following each other and he kind of sent me a DM one day and he was like, Hey man, you want to start a podcast? I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so he was like, all right, let's just do it. So we just started doing it. Um, we're about five or six episodes in now. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun to kind of, um, AKP's got some really cool thoughts about um, the team and how he watches the game. And he actually released an editorial uh, last week talking about how old glory needs to get, get to Audi field and Audi field is the, mm-hmm. the major league soccer stadium in DC where I feel like we like, talked about this as well, that they really need yeah. to get there. Yep. Yeah. And he, 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 he took the concept of applying the snapdragon stadium, right? Where the San Diego Legion play their games. And it's fortunate that the time of year that they play there, no one else is using it, right? The San Diego right. state Aztecs football doesn't start until the fall there. So they've got mm-hmm. between now and, you know, all of summer, Yes. Um, where I predicted they would lose. And then your New England Free Jacks in the in the MLR final, if you remember that. I we do recall that. that in a little bit. Appreciate that, Fitzy. Uh, yeah. He was saying, look, San Diego, what they did was they did a great job of promoting the fact that San Diego Legion are there. And what Old Glory DC and the officials should try and do is not immediately just play all their home games there. That's not going to work. But yeah. try and promote the hell out of one or two home games next year. Yes. To try and build it up looking down the horizon at the rugby world cup that's coming dc should raise their hand as a mm-hmm. as a host city so yeah. things like that so um so the podcast has been fun uh to do and just something else to add to the plate and you know it's been it's been fun so yeah oh glorious rugby you can find it on wherever you listen to your podcast i highly recommend it i did listen to the first episode and a little bit of the couple of the other ones there's five episodes out at this point guys you know they're doing a fantastic job especially being so early on here highly recommend that you guys listen to it seeing what's going on down there in uh dc uh, i like to call them our little brothers uh, in the red white and blue so uh yeah yeah very good happy for you i uh, hope it continues and you know we're all trying to build this thing up a little bit here yeah. with mlr and fan engagement so it's very awesome 100%. um I, I wanted to ask you real and i didn't write this down i just kind of came to me a moment ago we're talking about the venues around dc you're talking about audi field but i believe um ncr are playing in the dc area and i did see a very brief clip of the stadium there that looks like a decent size do you know where that is and and why why wouldn't uh dc be able to play there do you know sorry i was i had something in the background (laughs) so can you repeat can you repeat that uh question No worries, pal. Uh, what I was saying is the NCR, um, you know, the, the Rugby Sevens National Championship is going to be held in the D.C. area. And I saw a clip very briefly of um, that stadium, and it looks like an ideal size to where D.C. would be, uh, you know, very, very – they could f- potentially flourish in. I just don't know where it's located. Do you know about that stadium at all, where the uh, yeah, NCR is going to be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about the Collegiate Rugby Sevens Championship, yes, sir. Um, which yep. is being played at the end of May. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at, that's at the Maryland uh, Soccerplex, which mm. is in Montgomery County, outside of D.C. by maybe about 25, 30 minutes or so. Yeah, it's a oh, gorgeous okay. facility out there. Okay. Um, a lot of big green open space. Um, 
a lot of fields, great grass fields. Um, the um, the NWSL DC's uh, women's professional soccer team used to play their home games there okay. uh, before they started playing at Aldi Field, which is where DC United the MLS team play right. and where the uh, Washington's XFL team plays. Oh right, okay. And they do have they do have like a main stadium where there is some like stadium seating, which is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and in relation to like say how far outside of the city Maryland Soccerplex is compared to say uh, Segra Field, right, which is out, which is where Oglory plays their home games out in mm-hmm. Virginia. Um, the Soccerplex is closer to like the downtown DC area, and, okay. or just outside of of kind of the beltway. So I think probably maybe a little geographically centered easier for, for fans in mm-hmm. DC and Maryland, and even Virginia, just to hop over the river to get there. Yeah. So I think it makes sense. Um, a lot more parking. Um, yeah, I'm excited actually for that. I'm going to, I plan on, on attending that um, in May. It should be a pretty neat event because it's always been held, I think in New Orleans in the past few years. Yeah, it has been previously in New Orleans. And of course, before that, it was the CRCs that was held in Philadelphia. Yep. And I, I've been there many, many times over the years, yep. uh, as you know. And I think a couple of people on the, the podcast know that I'm a big South Carolina Gamecock, you know, played there. And I'm also on the board of trustees for the for the rugby team now as the vice chair. So um, if Carolina makes it to the NCR, I'll definitely consider going for sure this time around. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, right now, they're 9-3, so it's a possibility they might uh, get a bid especially if they win the conference championship that's coming up in a couple weeks from now. But uh, let's get back to the, the actual MLR, uh, the reason that we got you on here. Uh, you were on the show in the offseason talking about DC's new drafted players and their offseason acquisitions. Tell us about the impact players that Jack should be made aware of other than Danny Tuzatala, of course, because I think everybody knows him at this point. Yeah, you know, it's funny when we were, I was going back in November talking about their, let's start with their draft class. Kelly Martinez was, was one that I mentioned. He was the, the guy they drafted third overall, the prop out of Canada, mm-hmm. who I think they're really, they're high on. And he, he's been featured again, only one round. He's been um, on the reserve. Um, so I think, well, I think we'll start to see more of him, you know, as the season progresses. Um mm-hmm. But Colin Gross, I didn't really talk about him very much, I don't think, the last episode. But um, he's kind of a lock flanker, probably more of a flanker. I don't think he's tall enough really to be a lock um, at mm-hmm. the MLR level. He's like 6'3". You probably want a guy who's more like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, right? Yes. But a couple of injuries. He started at, at lock um, in round one against Chicago. And you want to talk about a, uh, an opener for Old Glory and for, for Colin. On the opening mm-hmm. kickoff, um, Chicago didn't really field it. Bounce in DC's hands. Two phases later, Danny Tusatala unloads it to Colin Gross, who kind of tiptoes down the sideline, dives over, and scores. And Old Glory all of a sudden is up 5-0 within two minutes. Right, mm-hmm. first time Colin Gross touched the ball in MLR and he scored a try. Like, how cool is that? Not bad, right? He Not also bad. he also played a really yeah he also played a really good game. Had a ton of tackles and actually would made MLR um, team of the weekend round one. Right, so he nice. was a guy who I think. I don't. Not that we weren't expecting much from him early in the season, but I he was more of a okay. He's more of a depth player, and we'll and we'll develop him as the season goes along. But thrust mm-hmm. into the starting role because of injuries, right. he's been a, a big surprise, right? Um, yeah. Another guy, Coy Coy Nelligan, Navy, his teammate, who actually was drafted by San Diego, but Old Glory traded for him before the season mm-hmm. began because the hooker that they actually drafted, Jack, Jack Manzo from Cal, ended up. Um, he's in Ireland playing 
playing over there, getting I think like a master's degree. So he's not quite back, and they needed wow. a, they needed a hooker, so they traded with San Diego and they got Koikoi. Koikoi Koikoi hasn't um, featured on the Match Day twenty three yet again, only round one. Mm-hmm. I think he's more on their, the Young Glory squad side, but um, just an exciting kid to have around, just a high energy guy. For so sure. those are some of the rookies that have kind of come in and. Honestly, if you look back at some of Old Glory's draft classes, they've had some they've had some misses, unfortunately. That 2022 class, not a single guy from the 2022 draft is is on the team. Some of the guys mm. are out of rugby entirely, right? And again, the draft is so early, and yeah. some teams have have had, had some extreme success, and other guys like Dallas, you know, and in the most recent, Sam Gollum was like the clear number one. Yes, he's played well. He's played really well, right? So those rookies, um, again, when we say rookies, right, college guys, not necessarily mm-hmm. newcomers. Those yes. rookies have started to make an impact, again, only round one round into it. But I think other newcomers that have been um, – that have really started to make an impact are the big Argent- Argentinian influence that yeah. um, not only Old Glory but Dallas and others have really started to feel. But Latara Bavaro mm-hmm. probably is a, is a name that a lot of people should um, should start to, to – they're going to hear more about he's a flanker. He's um, he had 21 tackles on a try in, in round one against Whoa. Chicago. Great, you know, great start for him for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> more Argentinians or Argentines that have really started making impact certainly um, in their centers. They've had two young guys, one Herman Martinez. He's actually USA eligible. Mm-hmm. He had a great, mm-hmm round one marcos young who's actually born in miami um so he's a domestic player which is good because old glory has um some foreign players international slot issues that they got to figure out in the back mm-hmm. line um but two young exciting centers they're fly excuse me tito diaz bonilla bonilla mm-hmm. bonilla he's he had a good round one um he replaced rohan say who last year Honestly, when you looked at him, people were like, wait, this guy's playing fly half? Because he was like a tank. He built more of like a – he seemed like more of like an inside center. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, again, only one round, you know, only one game through all of this. Um, but two other names. Actually, I'll, I'll, do, I'll go three other names. Um, yep. One he hasn't featured yet, but I'm really excited for him for this New York game. And I'm almost certain he's going to play. But Romero Herrera, their, uh, their tight head prop, yes. who did not play – did not play in round one because I don't think he was in the U.S. yet. Everyone's very high on him. He's a he's a big, massive guy. Should really bolster um, that that front row. And really, honestly, I'm jumping around here a little bit. <laughs> the strength of Old Glory right now, I believe, is really in their pack. If you look okay. at it across the board, you've got three three players who are who are Eagles, right? You have Jack Escaro, the loose head prop. Who I think mm-hmm. played pretty well in the final qualification tournament. Yeah, Jamison found on a Schultz now. their number yes. eight, who's the, who's the captain this year. They gave him the captaincy. Um, and you have Corey Daniel, who did not play in round one, who was the league leading tackler last year in MLR, who should be fine. And I think he will play against uh, New York um, in round three. So those three right there. And then you have Romero Herrera to the mix, Herrera mm-hmm. to the mix. Super excited about that. I really think that is the the strength um, for the team this year. Um, then the two other guys that I want to mention just at the hooker position. Mm-hmm. One was uh, Fukundo Gaddis, who's a Uruguayan international who got injured in the first week of last year. Didn't play at all the rest of the season. 
Hmm. He's a good player. They picked up, though, another hooker, Nick Suchin, who's a NPC guy. Oh, yes. Man, did yep. he have a good game in, in round one for um, All Glory? He had, like, 18 tackles. Nice. He scored a try. I mean, like, very impressive. And I'm leaving off Kurt Baker, the New Zealand Sevens legend, who's yep. in a player-coach role, finds himself at fullback. He scored a try. Uh, in, in in round one, and of course the former New England Free Jacks guy, Quentin Newcomer, right? He he's come down. So there's been just again, <laughs> I think I think the biggest thing to hit on is just, um, and maybe it's new for DC, just optimism. Yeah. Again, you can't we can't get too ahead of ourselves. It's only right. one round. Yeah. But building off of last year, in terms of the explosiveness, and yes, defensive. They had some defensive breakdowns, and I mean, they got scored on a ton. Everyone yeah. was scored on them. Yes. In fact, the last time Old Glory played New York, it was the highest scoring game in MLR history. It was like 49 59, whatever that score Incredible. was. It was like, yeah, it was like every time someone touched the ball, someone was scoring. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> no defense to be found there for sure. Right. Um, so, certainly some exciting new additions to the squad. But again, <laughs> let's pump the brakes. It's only one round. Um, but hey, look, man, we're we're tied for first. Yeah, it's early days, but at the same time, there's definitely some <laughs> optimism going on with DC, uh, and I think it's warranted for sure. I mean, you're talking about you're naming guys that are coming in. Uh, you know, some of them you've named three hookers that sound really, really promising, and it's just it's one of those things that we talked about last year with this squad when you were on the show. Is they didn't have any depth last year, so you know if they were in a close <laughs> yeah. game and it's about time to get substitutions in there. These guys that were coming on were flat-footed, essentially, against uh, other teams that could bring in depth. And by the way, the Free Jacks have tons of depth in certain positions, and they've really – that was something in the offseason we talked to the coaching staff of the Free Jacks. They talked about specifically – creating all of this depth in different areas because you never know if somebody's going to fall down with an injury at some point in the season. You want to bring in guys that aren't just like, you know, number two on the depth chart, number three on the depth chart. You really want, you know, one A, one B, and one C. And if you can do that within the cap, then you're – really setting yourselves up for success in this league. And if you look at the hooker position or the center position with the Free Jacks, in my mind, because I guess my mind just goes to like egos and stuff like that because I'm so used to like American football and there's all these divas and stuff like that and their their egos are through the roof. Like people want to play. And if you're not playing, you're just going to cause, you know, your throat, you're pushing over the the water cooler in, in the locker room and like talking shit. But that's, I mean, that's obviously not rugby culture and it's not really how rugby guys deal with stuff. But at the same time, I'm just like, I hope all these guys are going to stay happy. The culture is very, very strong with the Free Jacks. But when you have depth, there's always the possibility of like, is somebody not happy because they're not playing? But uh, yeah, I mean, if, well, you, I if think, you rotate, yeah. you know, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I, th- I think you're right. I think um, it's it's not only depth, right, but it's like the quality of depth, right? And you said like 1A comes off, 1B comes on, and there's mm-hmm. not a huge drop off exactly. in production or skill. Yeah. But two, it's also – it's culture, but it's also the sense that, hey, there's competition at every spot. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you might not be playing this week because maybe the guy had a better week than you or the matchup mm-hmm. is better or there's something about the game plan that's better, but there's competition at every position. And yes. that's key for teams that are really good. Sure key for teams that because injuries are going to happen i mean every team you guys are dealing with it right now i mean i I think some of the issues that new england's had offensively is the fact that your guy larue milan hasn't played yet it sounds like he's coming back in a couple weeks i think it's it's a thumb issue is that the the issue but like 
man, he, he was a he was a monster last year in meters gained. I mean, like yep. impressive guy. He hasn't really played, you know. So you it's can true. talk about Waka all you want, but like mm-hmm. anyone can be. Yeah, of course, it's hard to replace a guy like Waka, but right. you know, yeah. I think he he's a glue guy, and, and it's it's showing a little bit, but you know, still very early. But depth early days, sure. Fitzy. It's early days. We'll have to see how it all shakes out. Uh, at this point, you can't really gain too much knowledge about exactly who these teams are and stuff like that. So I always tell people to pump the brakes. You know, after that week one win. Everybody's ready to crown us champions and stuff like that. It's like it's 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 fine to be excited because we're fans and we're fanatics and we want our our team to do well. And of course, I was beating the, my chest too, saying that you know the league should be on notice and all that stuff. But there's a lot of bravado in that. You know, you know how it is on Twitter, especially uh, with me. No, but, um, I don't. Tell me, well, how do you do it? <laughs> we're is that how social media works? Yes, that's exactly how it works. Yeah, just just be yelling and obnoxious as much as possible, and you'll get followers. That's how it works. Um, let's see here. Tell us about DC's season so far and what has stood out to you about their on-field play. Obviously yeah, just one think, game uh, in. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think um I think that I think um it started with um, the new coach that they brought in Josh Sims came yes. from the NPC. He's more I think brought at more of a defensive mindset because I think that was a it was obvious, right? That Old Glory had defensive mm-hmm. issues last year. I mean, besides Dallas, everyone was scoring on them. And if you look across the board, what they did, and again, I, I think um, I think Old Glory uh, was fortunate that the re- round one they faced a Chicago team that um, was missing some players. Right, Julian Dominguez, their winger, prolific scorer for Austin mm-hmm. last year, wasn't playing. Billy Meeks is in California, then he's in Australia. Now he's back in California. It sounds like he's going to figure that out soon. So fortunate that he wasn't in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, still, and again, expansion team, right? Yeah. Uh, but still, I mean, like. They, they essentially had a who's who they could pick from from Austin and L.A., right? So still big names, right? Mark yes. O'Keefe, stud. Bryce Campbell, Absolutely. Captain America, right? Probably some lack of cohesion and continuity in the sense that they hadn't really ever played a game together. And yet they did go down to Panama City, Florida, or whatever that was, and play that yeah. weird round robin thing, whatever that right. was. Again, you know, some opportunity for guys to play together. But So I think Old Glory got fortunate there that they faced a squad that hadn't really played a lot together. Granted, that's fine. But I think I think what I was most impressed by was just the commitment to defense. I mean, guys were flying up, pressing on 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 defense and making good tackles. And a, and a lot of what I saw last year was teams would just rip off big runs against Old Glory, like 60, 70 meter runs where it's just like you miss, you know, one tackle, a weak arm tackle, and yeah. gone. A number of players, you know. 15, 16, 17 tackles in the center positions too. Um, mm-hmm. Herman Martinez, the guy we talked about, um, USA eligible dude from Argentine, almost 20 tackles. Um, Latar Bavaro, flanker, 20 tackles, right? I think it was the commitment to that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they did give up 27 points, but I think it was a bend, don't break type defense. And sure. they certainly have a test against uh, New York uh, on Sunday, but uh, really just the commitment to the an all-out defensive effort in the sense of like, okay, we're going to come up, we're going to press hard, we're going to commit to these tackles um, and not break off big runs. Because if you watch that game, Chicago did build a lot of phases where the ball, they were holding on to possession, but they weren't gaining many leaders, really. And they were getting right. pushed back a number of times. And then Chicago was like, oh, crap, we're not really breaking the line here. 
and they would revert to kick the ball and kick it out or they would try something and there'd be a knock on and it'd be a turnover. And in my mind, to me, that says, okay, the defense is staying organized. They're coming up and they're forcing Chicago or the opponent to break away from what they're trying to do. So even though the scoreline, you know, they still give up 27 points. I mean, hell, they dropped 42. So at that point, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, man, you know, it's all very encouraging stuff. We talked about this in the offseason. I was also encouraged by the progress that DC had made with their acquisition. I think Josh Sims is a home run hire for sure. And you can tell early on with that defensive scheme, you guys are better at scramble defense this time around. And I think it definitely shows. Um, So what is the identity of this team? Is it just a defensive, like gritty approach? Or what type of rugby do they want to play ideally? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't call it a, a greedy team yet. Um, I think they're still trying to form what that di- identity is. I would say maybe it's a um, an energetic style in the sense that mm-hmm. um, they – maybe a, a full commitment, right, in, in the sense that um, pressure defense coming up strong. I think, you know, AKP, we talked about this uh, after on, – on one of the most recent episodes about we still feel like there's a, a lack of uh, kind of an attack, you know, what they're going to do mm-hmm. offensively. You know, they do have some, you know, skillful individual players and names we haven't really talked about yet, but Penny Sanga, who, you know, meters gain and Junior Sal, both of those I believe were both in the top 10 for a try scored last season. Mm-hmm. Um, junior Sal is that big physical type of runner. So I, you see a lot of like, I want to see some more like dynamic set piece plays where, you know, they're, they're pulling off um, some, some great plays. And look, every team is going to look good. If you're getting to the breakdown real quick, the ball's coming out quickly and the backs are getting the ball on the front foot. Right. And we've got space to run and, and the defense is trying to scramble. And if you've got individual playmakers that can run and can pass, yeah, you're going to, you're going to look good. But when that doesn't happen, because it will happen, where you're going to mm-hmm. you, New England, for example, you're going to face defenses that are, are going to tighten down on that kind of stuff. Yeah. What can you do to, to break th- through some of that stuff besides a, a, a you know an ill-advised you know grubber or you know <laughs> the right. chase that isn't working because Mitch yeah. Wilson's going to burn you or something like that? Right. So those are the things again they're going to have to work on and continue to to figure out. But um, encouraged, again, only one game, but encouraged by what we'll see. And, and to answer your question, maybe this is an, an, a long non-answer. I think we're still figuring out what that identity is. But sure. from what I saw from round one, it's that guys were making a commitment to making tackles. That's a start for me right there. For sure. Just yeah. Make a commitment. Yeah. Absolutely. Gotta, <laughs> you can check that off the list right there in terms of improvements but, uh, from last year. Uh one of the storylines coming into this game is the trade, and you mentioned him earlier, of the promising prop, Quentin Newcomer from mm-hmm. New England to D.C. It's a bit of a homecoming from him. I believe he's from Northern Virginia. Do you see him being a factor in this game at all? I think, well, I mean, let me ask you. I'll flip that question back to you. How much did you guys like Quentin up there? We we liked him a lot, and, and ultimately yeah. with Quentin, uh, it, it was more of like, can he get onto the field or is he going to be injured in certain parts of the season? Because last year it felt like he got the injury bug a couple of times and we didn't see him as much as we would like to. But, you know, mm-hmm. not last season, but the season before we had uh, then coach Ryan Martin on this show and he was just praising Quentin Newcomer 
um, about like how he could hold his own against some of these, you know, internationally capped props that he was practicing against and just really, really coming into his own. So I think if Quentin can stay healthy, he's one of the strongest guys last year that we heard about this. He was one of the strongest guys, if not the strongest guy in the locker room in the New England Free Jacks locker room. So I just think he has a lot of, you know, potential. If he can stay Mm -hmm. healthy, I think he could potentially be a starter in this league, man. I'm like, when 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 he was with New England, was he primarily a tight head, or was he playing on both sides? I think he can play both. Yeah, yeah, because that's the thing. I mean, I think there's again depth and competition at positions, yeah. right? Jack Escaro certainly seems to have loose head prop locked in, and if Romero mm-hmm. Herrera steps in and he becomes the tight head prop, like right. in that front row, yeah, where does newcomer fit in that? And mm-hmm. of course, right, you're going to have spot starts here and there. You're going to come off the bench for sure to, to spell guys, but. Yeah. Um, if it's if it's if he's pressing the two we just mentioned, and if he's outplaying them, where he's going to get starting spots, and if he can stay healthy, and if he's one of the strongest guys in the weight room, then yeah, yeah you find you find minutes for a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and if he's a great presence in the locker room, right, where it's like, hey, where this is a team mentality, and I'm gonna get in where I can, and I'm not gonna be. Um, a diva or like right. rip the locker room apart which <laughs> doesn't he doesn't strike me as a guy that's like that no then not at all he'll fit in and find his way in so yeah yeah that's exciting man i can definitely because you know dave and i talked about this last uh well last time that we had an opponent which was for nola talking about how these guys like kill hodgson former free jack dougie five former free jack obviously dougie didn't play in that game thank goodness but those kind of guys when they come up against their former opponents some guys you know will will kind of um turtle and, and you know, not really show anything. But other guys, they come into their element in those type of games. They they get in that mentality of like, even if it wasn't the case, like I was done wrong by this team, so I have to to show out. You know, they let me go, so it's time to show them. You know, get one back at my old employer, that type of thing. So um, it could be interesting to see. You know, if he comes on as a substitute or makes somehow you know starts in the game, you might want to watch out because he could score a try for sure. I was disapp- I was disappointed that Dougie Five couldn't play in that Nola goal game, um, but it, New England plays Nola again the end of the year or yeah. towards the end of the year back yep. in back in New England. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yep. for so. sure. I don't, I don't remember the specific date, but yeah. yeah. Well, that would be interesting if he if he does start. Uh, maybe there. I you know I don't know any truth to this, and I just kind of thought this uh, previously, and I mentioned it co- to a couple of the outriders. Like, I wonder if there's some sort of gentleman's agreement between TK and Fitzy down there that he's just not going to play against uh, uh, his old team. You know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe he's just not able to suit up in those games uh, based on a gentleman's agreement for that trade. But I mean, you know, stranger things have happened, right? But uh, hopefully we will see him at Fort Quincy. I would love to see him play not very well, but just be out there and, you know, catch a couple balls. Just well enough that, yeah. yeah, exactly. Get him suit up, you know, run out, do a little, uh, you know, uh, 55 minutes, 60 minutes, uh, you know, we'll clap him off, uh, off to the sides there. Yep. So. That, that's my ideal Dougie Fife appearance at Fort Quincy there. So we'll have yeah. to see. Um, most important question of the interview, will you be making the trip up to Fort Quincy for the St. Patrick's Day Stout Festival on March the 11th against your D.C. flags? Yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting for those uh, those, air, those airline tickets you're going to send me. Ah, yes. The way you see- the, I've been checking the mail every day. You see, uh, Delta is partnered with the Free Jacks, not the Jacks Ranger show. So unfortunately, I can't I can't help you out with airline tickets, my friend. Sorry about you know, that. I, I, I'd love to be up there for it. 
uh, I don't think it's in the cards, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, we're having a um, we're having a St. Patrick's Day, what my kids call a Fitzpatrick's Day celebration on the seventeenth. Nice. Love that. So um, uh, we'll be celebrating the Irish. Everyone's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. That's why it's my favorite holiday. That's what I hear. So, yes. Uh, so I'll be celebrating St. Patrick's Day in DC, but um, very good. Be, be watching watching on television. But I wish you. Good spirits, and I hope we don't ruin Thank your, you. your, um, your uh, the weekend before, and then obviously St. Patrick's Day weekend. So, I'll tell you, man. I, I, you know, we talked about this the last time you were on here, which was the day after Thanksgiving, and you had mentioned like, oh, you know, DC is probably going to win that game or whatever you said. And I was like, come on, man, like that's doesn't seem possible. But you know, the thing with me is like, I, I'll talk big. And then I'll make a prediction where the Free Jacks always win, right? Uh, regardless of my way too early prediction, I did pr- pick them to lose against San Diego. But when we actually did the p- p- prediction on the show, I picked them to win by one point. The New England Free Jacks, of course, didn't happen. But when I make my picks and then, you know, I, the week kind of goes on, I get more and more mm-hmm. concerned that the Free Jacks are just going to lose the game. So that that's how I always am. Um, but, you know, I have to feel good about the Free Jacks winning at home at Fort Quincy for the home opener against – uh, DC, uh, on this show. Well, I wanted know, to bring. Like, up, I wanted to bring up one thing actually. So I wanted to bring up yep. one thing, and, and I was trying to find this on Twitter, and I have to do a better job of finding maybe advanced search. Yeah, you were in one of your moods months ago, and um, okay. <laughs> you said something about just wait until New England drops fifty on you, and I was like, oh, I need yes. to save this tweet. I need to yes, save I this tweet. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna have to find that tweet, um, and uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll have to revisit that. Um, after they post round yeah, four, yeah, it seems unlikely that they're going to put fifty on them. But uh, you know, based on DC's improved defense, but we'll just have to see what happens. You know, uh, stranger things have happened at Fort Quincy in terms of you know Nola came in that last year and we put like fifty five up on them and they scored like five. That was wild. That was a crazy mm-hmm. game. But um, um, so I wanted to ask you about the way too early predictions you did on this show for your color scheme yeah. of DC. You had said nine or seven uh, or nine and seven or six and, or excuse me, uh, 10 and six. Are you sticking with yeah, that? Easy with that six and 10 nonsense. <laughs> that easy seems that. more realistic in my personal opinion of what, where DC will finish. <laughs> but uh, what is your predictions? Are you changing that at this point? Are you sticking with the nine, nine and seven <clears> or six and, or not? Bleh. Yeah, I remember, I, re- I remember that bit. I, I said nine and seven and I think I had a couple of hams beers in me and I was like, ah, screw it. Make, I'll commit to 10 and six. Um, right. You know, right now, one and oh, it looks like a good call. But I think I said, I think I said, Look, DC had to win round one because it was a home game, started the season knowing that there was a bye. And then knowing that the following two weeks was on the road against New York and then New England, yes. if they could split one of those, potentially win one of those or win both of them, and then you're looking at, you know, 3-0, and 2-1, and one, going into then a round five home match against a depleted arrow side. And all of a sudden through, through five rounds, you're 3-1. and one. Then you're looking, then you're setting yourself up for, you know, yeah. a pretty awesome spring if you can keep that momentum going. So I think for that's sure. what I said. And look, hey, if that happens, great. If they go 0-2 and, and they lose to New York and they lose to New England, but they can salvage at least like a losing bonus point or four mm-hmm. tries and at least get some points. Because if you look yeah. at the standings right now, there's four teams tied at five. Nola's got, what, a point? Or maybe it's Toronto. and I think maybe it's Toronto's got a point and Nola zero. Nola, even off their 0-2 start right now, they're only five points back, right? They're obviously yeah. not out of it. We're only two games into this. Certainly right. they can turn things around. But should should Glory go 0-2, it 
if they can salvage some some points in the standings at least just to hang if they do drop those two and then hopefully mm-hmm. be able to turn things around against Toronto and Toronto's still going to play tough. There's not going to be an, an easy out. Hopefully guys get injured. Yeah, yeah. I think that's you know. Hey, look, if um, I'm sticking to ten and six, okay. Um, I, I still I still believe they're 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 a team that can fight for that third seed um, in the Eastern Conference because I think if you look at the Eastern Conference, I think it's going to be a dog fight between all of them. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's, you know, <sighs> rugby ATL, I think is sneaky good and no one's really talking about them other than their, you know, their, their misfire on the, on the, um, on the brand redo. Yeah. Rebrand which, uh, ATL. Yes. Yes. The rebrand. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a dogfight in the Eastern conference and if DC can stay healthy and, and hang around and play well, you know, I think they got a chance to, to nab that third seed and then see what happens. 10 and six think- committing to it still. I love the the optimism for sure. You know, we talked to Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt uh, prior to the NOLA game, and of course in the off season as well. I think he had said, you know, ten and six, and then he doubled down and said, you know what, I'll even say that we'll go eleven and five. This was prior to the game actually kicking off against the Free Jacks, yeah. and you know, obviously they're they're staring zero and two in the face right now. Uh, a team that was hyped up by a lot of people, including myself, that they would you know finally make the playoffs in our way too early predictions. The narrative I think mm-hmm. we have on the Jacks Rangers show is that New York and New England are going to continue to not dominate, but be front runners in the Eastern Conference and will make it across mm-hmm. the finish line, either one and two. And then the opening is in that third position. So I think we'd all you know, saw NOLA as you know a team that could definitely get into the playoffs with the additions that they made. We felt like uh, Atlanta was falling back a little bit. And then we you know kind of considered like D.C. obviously improving, but would probably finish somewhere at the bottom of the, of the conference. And I am, I'm, I'm questioning, that, questioning that a little bit, and we've heard – from some people, uh, let's just say, uh, close to us around the league, that they're concerned about DC, um, you know, being very good this year. Um, so when you know when I heard that, I, my jaw dropped a little bit. And I was like, maybe I should really re-examine DC. But uh, back to the questions here: um, How does DC come into the absolute madhouse of Fort Quincy and win this game? How does that happen? Yeah, one, I mean, hit it on the head, and that's one of the key things that I outlined here is that they have to mm-hmm. block out the noise of New England's, yeah. you know, home opener, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that St. Patrick's Day celebration, look, if the sun rises in New England and it's in the mid-40s, it's going to be a freaking party there because it's yeah. going to be drinking weather. The crowd's going to be rowdy. The crowd's yeah. going to be loud. We know that. We know that New England's going to be rested. They're going to have two weeks to prepare for it. That's right. There's going to be more tape on Old Glory. You know, hopefully Old Glory's coming off of – and that's the thing. You're catching Old Glory coming off of what I think is going to be a pretty intense um, contest there against – New York, right? And again, hopefully, mm-hmm. oh, glory, knocking on wood, no injuries or anything like that. But hey, you've had you've had an extra week to prepare for it and an extra week to, to heal up for it. So I think it starts with old glory. Just they can't get caught up in the mm-hmm. the crowd noise and the and the yeah. and the fervor that's going to happen there at, at Fort Quincy because it's going to be loud. It's going to be a, a, a raucous crowd, right? So yes. you got to you got you got to stick. You got to block that out. They're professionals. You know, they a lot of these guys have played in front of crowds before, like sure, new, sure. just because it's MLR. There are crowds that they've played in front of before. So oh, they're going to have to block that out. And they're really going to have to stick to that defensive commitment. And look, the game of rugby, there are swings left and right. It's, and it's like, how do you stay even keeled? Right? right. How do you not get too high, too red line where you're just playing loose and out of control and reckless? Mm-hmm. How do you not get down too low where 
you you got to kind of have you're going to have to there is some passion in the sport in the sense that like guys are going to get fired up there's going to be a big hit there's going to be a breakdown steal that's going to you know cause to get fired up there's going to be you know a scrum penalty going the other way or something like that like something like that is going to happen and you definitely want to ride that wave for sure but they can't get caught up in the yeah. overarching swirl of what's going to be happening there for Quincy because it's going to be it's going to be loud and it's going to be fun for New England and I know you boys are going to be cheering for the Free Jacks hard so hell yeah um yeah they're gonna have to try as best they can um harness that energy mm-hmm. I'm gonna steal a happy Gilmore quote even harness the energy ride the good block the bad it's like a carousel you got to ride it around Love I think it. I butchered it but you get the idea Absolutely. I love that movie. Uh, Adam Sandler, our great New Hampshire right from the city of Manchester where I live and have lived for many, many years. So I love that quote for sure. Love that reference. Um, but, uh, you know, something that you, you kind of threw me a curveball there because you talk about uh, uh, Adam Sandler there. And I was just like, damn, I had something that I was going to say. Son of a gun. Oh, I know what it was. I think DC really needs to score early in this game. Um, and keep the pressure on. I think that's how you kind of shut the crowd up a little bit. I, I, we're going to be re- loud regardless, but you can kind of let the air out of the tires a little bit of that place, especially yeah. if DC comes out and looks strong early on, mm-hmm. um, starts the game strong. So we'll have to see what happens. It's, it's interesting because, you know, the Free Jacks didn't yeah. look good at all uh, in, in San Diego, and I predicted them to lose that game in the uh, preseason, the early um Way too early predictions, of course, but uh, they just didn't look right at all, man. That was not a free Jack team that stepped out on that pitch against uh, the Legion. I was frustrated watching that game. Did you see me on Twitter? I had a meltdown. It was wild. Yeah, I was pissed. It, it like, yeah, and, and the thing was like, you guys, you, I don't think San Diego outplayed the Free Jacks. I think, um, um, and I think um, Dave and Bozo covered this well last oh. week. Is that I think New England just tripped up over their own mistakes so like they couldn't really get started like right. phases would go and then uh, unforced error or something would happen and never out of the game it was never a blowout it wasn't like San Diego out played them. I just think I think it was a ch- bad performance and you know you yeah. talk it up as an early season loss move on sure. it's such a, it's you know we've got 14 other games left to play here that yeah is I, I I think I was disappointed because I think a lot of people were so excited for the game. Again, I think those two teams are going to meet in the MLR final. Again. Yes. Yeah. And I think the anticipation was like, Hey, this is going to be, it's going to be a prize fight. And it right. kind of fizzled out because it wasn't quite, yeah. know, sure. San Diego was happy that they won, but it wasn't quite the game. I think people were expecting. It happened a little bit too early. I, I would have liked to see them in mid season form against each other, you know, to see really how all the, the, the kinks worked out and stuff like that. But uh, ultimately, you know, if what I'm trying to get to is if the free Jacks play like that, we're in trouble against DC. You know, they can, they have to capitalize on their opportunities and they didn't do that against uh, San Diego and San Diego absolutely put them to the sword towards the end of that game. Uh, and it was frustrating to watch. So um, ultimately I, I expect the free Jacks to do a lot better. All the fans of the free Jacks should expect them to do better than that performance. Um, so hopefully we won't have a stinker at Fort Quincy to open up the season. What is your score prediction for the game? What do you got? All right, let's do it. Um, one, I, I'll just I'll, I'll begin by saying that um, my 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 two losses so far, prediction wise, have been because of the New England Free Jacks. I, <laughs> I thought I thought Nola Gold was going to win in round one, and then I thought the Free Jacks were going to turn around and, and beat San Diego. So the Free Jacks are the reason why I have an unblemished record, or, or wow. hold me back from a perfect record. So thank you, thank you, Free Jacks. 
Um, um, all right, so prediction. I, New England's still a tough defensive team, even yeah. though um, uh, Ongori seems to have, you know, they, again, they scored 42 points against Chicago. I don't think that's going to happen against New England. Correct. Um, it'd be interesting to see if um, LaRue Milan is back, um, if he's healthy and playing. I, I think it's, I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. Um, I think the only the only way I think Old Glory wins this game if they they steal something at the end, and mm, it's okay. a it's a it's a you know maybe a, um, a, a try in the last minute or you know a, a penalty kick to to take the lead. I think it's a it's a one two three point win for for Old Glory, and I'm gonna go. Old Glory 27, New England 25, 27-25. Okay. For the, for the little brother. Little brother takes out big brother. <laughs> I don't see it going down like that, but I appreciate uh, the prediction. I will save mine until later on in this episode, of course, with Dave and mm-hmm. I talking about that. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're – I will say this. I think that you're in the realm – of where my prediction will be. I think obviously the Free Jacks will win this game at home, but I think it will be close. And that's the, that's a testament to DC's improvement in the offseason and their their new head coach. This is not the the same DC from last year that won three games at all, for sure. Um, and, you know, they deserve a little bit of respect, not much, but uh, a little bit. They, they have improved for sure. And and, and hopefully – They got um, more respect. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. They got more respect, 100%. For sure. Yeah, you can't, you don't earn sure. respect after one game. You know, absolutely. you earn a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Any closing thoughts for the Rangers out there in the world, Fitzy? Closing thoughts for my good friends at the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I just, I mean, look, I, I enjoy, um, I enjoy interacting with the Rangers on social. We've talked about this before when I've been on this. That I think, um, you know, the First Regiment, Jack's Rangers. So, what you guys are doing is fun. I think it's 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 something that all MLR clubs should, should do, right? They, they need to let the fans and we actually we talked about this when, when uh, I think you asked me a question about um, uh, whether or not um, fan fan bases should or fans or home crowd or should like boo the visiting oh, yeah. kicker. Yeah. I say l- let that develop on its own. Right. Like if that's what if that's what the team wants to do, if that's what the crowd wants to do, let them develop it on their own. Right. Like oh, yeah. let that organic stuff happen. And I think that's it's pretty evident here in New England. The culture's good, the fan base. Mm-hmm. Yep. You guys, um, you know, you guys definitely are a mob, but it's fun. Um and, and MLR clubs to try and um, just add fuel to that fire by just letting letting fans, you know, have access to the team, to people to yes. interview, things like that. And really should cultivate and encourage that kind of stuff. So yeah, hats off to the to all the first regiment folks. I appreciate it, Fitzy. I think you're absolutely correct that it should be a fan-driven thing. Let the fans dictate the culture um, in these uh, rugby markets, for sure. When the club does it, it's just a little bit – it's not necessarily soulless, but it's just a little bit too artificial, right? So, yeah, let the fans dictate uh, the culture and, and create that type of atmosphere and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree a 1,000%, and I think we're doing a pretty good job here in New England. Obviously, nobody's perfect. Uh, we can be better, and hopefully we start 
strive for that, of course. But I appreciate you coming on the show. I think you do a fantastic job with Rugby Morning. You know, I, I always have you on here talking about Rugby Morning. We didn't talk about it specifically this time around, but I highly recommend every single person listening to this. Go subscribe to Rugby Morning. It's free and it's very informative. Um, and, uh, yeah, good. best of luck for D.C. for the rest of the season. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I've got one word for everybody out there in three, two, one. Huzzah, baby. Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Ranger Show. I always forget that there's like an extra long fade to black moment there in that video. So I'm like, oh, shit, this isn't working. Uh, Dave McVeigh's here with me, Diamond Dave. Dave, how the hell are you? I'm doing fantastic, Phil. How are you doing? Not too bad, man. It is home opening weekend, I guess you could say, for the Free Jacks coming up here. Uh, March 11th, of course, the first home game for our New England Free Jacks against the Color Scheme Thieves of Washington, D.C. Super excited for this. I mean, how are you feeling about uh, the opening game? I am incredibly excited. Uh, planning to be there with the whole family nice. and can't wait. We're eagerly watching the weather right now. It looks like it'll be like in the 40s and, you know, a little little cloudy, maybe a little bit of chance of rain, but shouldn't be too bad. And We're all planning to be there. Can't wait. Excellent. Yeah, as we've seen last year, it could be a lot worse with the weather. So, yeah, um, I was predicting a blizzard, but maybe that's just not going to be the case. Not in the cards this time around. Maybe next <laughs> yeah. year. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, super excited to be here. Super excited to talk about this game. Uh, as everybody knows, I do not like D.C. They're my second most hated team in the league, only behind mm -hmm. the New York. Oh, hold on. Let me get their name correct. I don't want to disrespect them here. Uh, Rugby New York. Iron Workers Professional Rugby Football Club of the Union Code. There we go. So they're only, you know, the color scheme thieves are only, um, you know, directly behind New York and my hatred. And I think part of it is just due to, you know, the, the color scheme. It, it pisses me off that they they have that same color scheme. But, um, uh, you know, this is this is our little brothers to a certain extent. Um, but at the same time, when we go back to the beginning, the origin of this show, uh, the first game that we covered, you and I, way back when is when we lost to dc and i believe that was the last time that, that actually took place so yeah. how about that it's an interesting history there but i wanted to take <laughs> people back to last season because we're so, it's so early days obviously here in mlr 2023 so i wanted to look back at last year's standings as well last year dc finished dead last in the eastern conference with 23 points three wins 13 losses and a point differential of a minus 168 in the offseason they declined to retain uh, interim head coach nate osborne and they brought in hawks bays coach josh sims who a couple of our players are familiar with coming over mm -hmm. from npc and they brought in some promising and very experienced talent like former free jack quentin newcomer he was traded to dc in the offseason you know we heard from ryan martin back in the day how good quentin newcomer is and how he held his own in practices we also heard that he was maybe the strongest guy on the team last year so i mean a lot of promising talent as long as he can stay healthy he could definitely be a starter in this league they also have 40 capped argentinian uh romero herrera who i know that you're super excited about <laughs> Um, and Kurt Baker, who people really don't like uh, from uh, the New Zealand Seven circuit, uh, he was a bit of a prick. Uh, but uh, they were, you know, they also retained the likes of USA Rugby legend uh, Threaten Palamo, 
Uh, um, honorary Charles River Rat threat. There you go. Yep, yep. And, and I think every time I mention his name, I always have to bring up how I always remember him from like the first CRCs that I watched on TV like yeah. 13 years ago at this point. Uh, he was on the Utah team that I believe won it all that year. And of course, they have um, walking yellow card himself, Faanano Schultz, and uh, who's the captain of the team this year, by the way. Yeah. Very interesting storyline there. And, of course, MLR star, man, you can't miss him, Danny Tusatala. Uh, if the hair doesn't impress you, his performance on the pitch will for sure. Probably one of the best nines in the league. Also, we have a very good one as well, of course. This season they are tied on points with the Jacks with five total points. One win, one loss, just like the Free Jacks. And honestly, I think our wins were very similar to the Jacks uh, with D.C. You know, the Jacks handily beat a hyped-up team in NOLA. And also DC beat a hyped-up Chicago team. Uh, but the second game, you know, obviously the Jacks got beat up and beat themselves with a championship contender in San Diego. And DC got beat by an always annoyingly good championship contender in New York. What do you think of this DC squad, Dave? Yeah, it's interesting, the parallels there in the first few weeks. Um, both teams are now rebounding off of losses, right? I think Old Glory has farther to rebound. Yeah. Um, they, you know, look, it was competitive through the half in New York. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like 13 to 8, I think, at halftime mm-hmm. there. And then New York just it scored 21 points in the second <laughs> half, and D.C. couldn't do anything. I think yeah. they may be a good team to target with, like, driving malls. Um, we saw New York have a little bit of success there. Uh, they do have a strong pack, um, but that's a tool that I think we'll, we'll probably need to bring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think... You know, if we we're looking at that free jacks victory, hopefully we have you know one or two driving mall tries to get us there. I think it'll be important to bring back into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I think that uh, we know the improvements we need to make. We've talked about them a lot, uh, and I think we can really, if we can correct a few things, put a lot of of pressure on DC. And um, I think that we'll see the free jacks emerge as as, as a better team. Uh, by the end of the by the end of the match definitely I agree with that I think that is something to focus on is that driving mall from the line out was very successful when New York beat DC within the first two minutes you know the first one wasn't that all you know that it didn't cause the try but it is what led to the try for the first mm-hmm. uh, try that uh, New York had against DC and the second one uh, was a full out New York you know trademark um, line out mall try situation there so i think that's something that the free jacks could exploit but as we saw last week and i kind of i'm kind of tipping my hat here or tipping mm-hmm. my hand to my key to the game you know the the free jacks didn't play well uh in the line out and set piece area against san diego so that's something that they will definitely have needed to have improved in this bye week and try to focus on that and get that right to try to beat this DC squad. A focus of this team, per our DC correspondent, John Fitzpatrick, is Josh Sim and his defensive system, which so far hasn't been really impressive. If you actually just look at the actual uh, points that have been scored on DC this season, they gave up 27 points in their first game against Chicago. Good thing they scored 42 to win that game, right? (laughs) And then 34 points against New York. You know, again, once again, I don't like DC. I, I don't want to give them too much credit ever. Um, they're one of those. They, I just see them as our annoying little brother. But um, I think they have gotten a lot better in the offseason. They really had to. They were bottom feeders of this league last year. So they really needed to shake things up. And they've done that for sure with the new head coach, 
new system. They brought in some talented guys, as we've been talking about here. Um, but, uh, you know, what is what is the true DC that will show up in this game at Fort Quincy? You know, we haven't mentioned the, the atmosphere at all yet, but it's going to be loud as hell. It's There's a stout fest that's happening prior to the game. It's before St. Patrick's Day in the Boston area. It's going to be loud as hell. It's going to be intimidating. You know, I expect all the Rangers and the Rowdy Rangers in Section 5 and all of the fans in the, the stands at Fort Quincy just to, you know, by the time the game is over, I hope that you can barely speak because your voice is so hoarse. I mean, that's always the goal, right? And, and we execute that pretty damn well in New England. So uh, the fans will certainly be a factor. The noise will be a factor. Um, but what team shows up uh, for D.C.? Is it the team that's, you know, dispatched D, uh, Bozo Six's world beaters in Chicago? <laughs> or is it going to be the team that crumbled against New York in the second half there? Uh, I don't know the answer yeah. to that question. I wish I did because it would help my prediction quite a bit. <laughs> um, but what is your key to the game? Uh, my key to the game uh, is going to be to leave the 22 with points. Okay. You know, we yep. saw a lot of opportunities squandered um, in that loss to San Diego uh, in terms of getting down there and then not being able to close out. Uh, and score so whether it's uh-huh. kicking for the sticks or uh, scoring those line out malls that we love um, I think they need to leave the 22 with points it's it was definitely a frustration factor that we saw against that game uh, down there in Southern California against San Diego is you know every time the Jacks would advance the or, or at one point anytime they had the ball it didn't matter what part of the field they were on they were making mistakes but definitely within that 22 they were walking away with no points and you just can't do that against good opponents and I think DC has improved I wouldn't call them a a good appointed uh, opponent mm-hmm. at this point it's still early days but this is a team that could definitely do some damage. Um, I, I, I like that uh, that key to the game because it leads to the other big frustration that people had in that San Diego game is minus fix the fucking line out. I, I wrote down fix the line out. I'm not going to put fucking in the in the graphic, but it you know a lot of that that just boils over from my frustration of seeing what happened in that game and and the poor execution in that set piece area for the Free Jacks. So um, I think we both have some some things that ultimately did not go successfully uh, in the San Diego game. And it would have maybe potentially gone differently if both of these things had been fixed. So we can kind of use this and say, well, if they do these things both really well against the D.C. team, um, we should be able to come out winners. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a really fun game. Uh, D.C. have a big pack, um, you know, a couple bruisers. Fanana Schultz, who we already talked about, he is always exciting to watch play. He's an eagle. Jack Escaro, the loose head prop, is an eagle. Um, you know, they, they bring a lot and Escaro is another guy. He's, he's a prop who's got some fancy feet at times. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, expect a really exciting game. I think they're a fantastic opponent to, uh, play in our, our home opener there at Veterans Memorial and state in Quincy. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody comes out March 11th. We are almost there. I can't yeah. believe it. We've been waiting for this moment for a long time. It's so. been a long time for sure. Yep. So, uh, make sure that everybody that has that, uh, off season frustration where we weren't seeing the jacks at all. It'd been forever since we had seen them. Make sure you're loud and proud in the stands there, as I know that you will be now it's prediction time. And I will go first here. Um, I talked about on the DC, uh, glorious rugby podcast. I made this prediction. Uh, earlier today so that's going to be on their show as well so make sure you guys go check that out really uh, happy that they're also have this fan driven podcast now with our buddy Fitzy from uh, Rugby Morning is involved in that so uh, on that prediction or on that show I gave the prediction of DC 21 
New England 28, and I'm giving them quite a bit of respect here because I think they have improved in the all season. But I could really see this thing getting out of hand. I, I'm kind of sticking with this prediction because that's what I said on theirs. I want to keep that continuity yeah. here. But I could definitely see New England scoring 48 here. So I think it's either going to be one of those nervy uh, one-score games or I think just New England's going to blow them out and, and they're going to ride the wave of emotion with the fans at home for the first time and, and forever. So, um, yeah, but I'm going to stick with the DC 21 and new England 28. What do you got? Yeah. We've, we've definitely seen that momentum carry him away a few times in, mm-hmm. in Quincy where we, yep. that second half just gets exciting and it's like, yes. oh, now we're just having fun at this point. <laughs> uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what the dice have to say. I've got them back. Right. The dice are back. All right. Ooh, I've got 29. That's oh, not a, there's not a common rugby score. It 35. So we got to go 35 free jacks, 29 to DC. Okay. Excellent. Love it. Final thoughts uh, for this particular segment here, which is our DC preview. Um, I'm really curious to see how the rosters for both of these teams hold up as we compare them to the first couple rosters. Um, I know that uh, there are lots of players who probably still are poking their heads through, guys who are rehabbing who we haven't seen yet, like Joel mm-hmm. Hintz and LaRue Milan. So mm-hmm. interested to see if, you know, there's a little bit of a shift there for both of these teams, and it should be a great match. Uh, one thing that we have yet to mention in this is, to, as of today, it was announced that Jesse the Pest Peretti has returned to yeah. the New England Free Jacks uh, last year, of course, on the team. I think he had eight starts. A uh, very impactful player when he comes on, very talented guy, uh, brings that to level of physicality and enforcer type of mentality on the pitch for sure. So excited to see if he gets into the uh, the starting lineup. If not, maybe in the, within the 23 there, um, we might see him at lock potentially. He is six foot four and, and it can jump. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely have to see how his return impacts this game, if anything at all. Yeah. But yeah, super excited, guys. You know, uh, obviously there's going to be tailgating in the preferred lot, as there always is. If you're into that sort of, sort of thing, make sure you come out, bring some food, interact with all of the the Rangers there. And if you see Dave and I, uh, or maybe just Bozo, perhaps might make an appearance. When it, you never know. And then David Lawrence from the Scrum of the Earth podcast, all of the outriders, the contributors of the Jacks Rangers. So if you see us in the stands or walking around Fort Quincy, make sure you say hello and yeah. give us a huzzah. Uh, and be, yeah, yeah, I'll be around. I'm easy to spot. Usually have the sign. Yes. Yep. The huzzah always, sign. Always eager. Yeah. We'll be we'll be for ripping sure. off some huzzahs for the boys. I can't wait to get down there for the first the first try. I know my heart will be beating out of my chest just that. Hell yeah. You know all the excitement. It's such a good time. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna have a blast, uh, and I, I, I think uh, you know we can feel confident that the Free Jacks are gonna dispatch DC in this game, and yeah, it should be happy happy days for sure. And with that being said, I've got one word to get out of here in three two, one, huzzah! Huzzah! All right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Really looking forward to seeing all of the Rangers at Fort Quincy for the home opener against the color scheme thieves from D.C., 
That, of course, is going to be on March the 11th. Free Jack's doing a fantastic job once again with the festivals. They've got a stout tasting at 1 p.m. They've got a Celtic band called Scottish Fish that will be performing prior to kickoff. And then, of course, your New England Free Jacks will be laying the smackdown on our little brothers in red, white, and blue from D.C. at 3 p.m. If you see the Outriders out in the wild at Fort Quincy, make sure you say hello to myself, Diamond Dave, Bozo6, and of course, David Lawrence from the Scrum of the Earth podcast. Let them know that you're a ranger. Let us know that you're a ranger and listen to the show, and we'll definitely say huzzah to you. With that being said, that's going to wrap her up for this particular episode of the Jax Rangers show. Go Free Jacks, beat DC, saddle up, let's ride, and huzzah! Woo! Thank you.